Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Demo Jockeys. I'm Jack Cochran. And I'm Adam DiTomaso. So, Adam, um, before we jump into our first topic, it's our first episode. How exciting hey, is this? <laughs> this is awesome. This is absolutely very exciting. We, we've been looking forward to doing this collaboration for a while. We hope you're as excited as we are. I just want to give everyone a little bit of a highlight of kind of what's going to be happening with the show, what you can expect. Uh, it is a pre-sales book club. Every month we're going to be going through a different book. This month we're going through Just Effing Demo by Rob Falcone. You can see we both have our books here. Episodes are going to drop every Thursday. Uh, we're actually having Rob, the author, joining us on the last episode of the month on October 26th. Be sure to mark your calendars for that. Uh, next month's book, just so you guys know, so you can read ahead in case you want, is a book called The Storytelling Animal uh, by Jonathan Gottschall. Um, so if you're someone who really wants, is enjoying it, and wants to read the book before, we'll always be sure we let you know what book we're reading next. So we'll have you know links in the show description and the show notes and comments so that you can go pick up a copy for yourself if you like. Also, finally, before, and then we'll hop right on in here, be sure to check out demojockeys.com. That's where we're going to list all the past and upcoming books that we're reading. Previous episodes will be available there, and I'm sure more as as things go along. As we keep recording. <laughs> as things continue to happen. Um, and as they say in the podcast, if you were listening to this on Spotify and you really want to see us talking to each other, we actually are also doing this on video on YouTube. So search for Demo Jockeys there or vice versa. If you want to get this during your your uh, workout once a week, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can get your podcast. So Adam, as we jump into today's topic, yes. I just have a question for you. If Let's pretend I was demoing to you. Let's say um, you're evaluating some software that I'm selling and I'm giving you the agenda of what I want to cover. And at the end of that, I say... Okay, so is there anything else that I may have missed for my agenda that you're looking forward to hearing today? If I were to ask you that question, you as a customer, how would that make you feel? Honestly intrigued in the sense that, okay, did I actually, it's, it's going to make me intrigued and like, okay, they, they care about what they're showing. So that's a thought that comes into your head or at least a feeling, if you will. But what really kind of gives me the opportunity to run through the agenda of my own head or like okay well why am i here again and just validate your own mental reasoning and chances are i mean i've said i've asked this question before many times myself and chances are they may say no 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 just keep going but sometimes it's giving them that opportunity to speak out and ask what do i want to learn yeah and sometimes you can learn a lot through that this is actually the first topic from the book that we actually wanted to cover which is doing a little bit of confirming your agenda before you actually even dive into talking about anything, which happens to be something that I actually never did, to full honesty. I never confirmed my agenda before. And so this was actually a takeaway that I started doing after I started reading the book, which is asking that very question almost verbatim when I've been giving demonstrations and when I've been in demonstrations, actually coaching my team to do the same as well. And it's been interesting because... You see that moment of, oh, oh, you, you're not just going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Right. You're, you're going to take my input. Even if I don't have anything, huh? It, you see people kind of sit up a little bit <laughs> and just kind of get a little bit more engaged when you start asking those types of questions. 
Right. Well, I mean, it's it's also the idea that, okay, this person's going to not just throw something at me that's not related to what I really, truly care about. I don't have to wait and listen for that moment for that one thing that I want. I know I can get an opportunity to highlight it and make sure it's covered. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really the difference when I've thought about it between when I'm training someone versus when I'm doing a demonstration. Because think about it. Like if I'm if I've built a training, which I've done before, where I'm trying to train someone how to use my software, I have a script I'm going to walk through and you really can't deviate me, right? Mm-hmm. If in my training you're to say, you know, I really want to learn about that. I'm like, great, but not today. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not ready to teach you about that. But if someone, let's say, asked to confirm the agenda and someone says, actually, you didn't talk about that piece, I really should consider maybe adjusting what I'm going to talk about. Well, let me ask you this, Jack. Let me, I mean, because I certainly have my own perspective, but when are you confirming the gen- the agenda? Are you doing that in the beginning of the demonstration, the end of the demonstration, both in the middle? How, you know, where is your strategy around that? Because confirmation can happen at the beginning, it can happen at the end, it can happen anywhere, but it's all part of, I believe, discovery. And just you're always qualifying, you're always discovering and getting more information. So the opportunity to clarify along the way certainly can be valid. I have been using it when I have been at the very beginning. Like, hey, even when, let's say, I'm not even doing a demonstration, but I've just been doing it at the, at the beginning of any customer conversation I've been having, which is, uh, hey, thanks for joining the call. So just to confirm, today's what we want. Here's what we wanted to talk about. Anything else that you wanted to talk about before we even start our meeting? Like, even just right out of the gate, I've been throwing in this type of uh, confirmation because I want them to know that I care about what they want to get out of the meeting. Yes. No, that's a good point. And, you know, I, I actually, well, yes, doing it at the beginning of the demo as well, I believe in certain situations where we're having a longer presentation and say we're diving into a use case, a deep into a use case that starts high and goes low in the sense that we're talking about a high concept or a customer journey maybe across multiple platforms or products and resolving to an end goal. That can take, because this gets related to the agenda, related to confirmation in the sense that that can take a certainly a long amount of time or a long breath, if you will, say 30 minutes, 20 minutes. Confirming at the beginning and then taking that moment to possibly go back to the agenda, confirm, and then re-ask that question again might be a little bit repetitive, but you've thrown a lot of information at a group, then taking, okay, great, well, let's check that box. Mm-hmm. If we've all so agreed we've covered that, let's move on. So when you're when you're confirming at the end, are you confirming for the next piece? Or are you confirming that we've covered everything that wanted to be covered? What's, what's that confirmation at the end? A little bit of both, to be direct. It's in the sense that, you know, have we covered everything? Yes, are there any new questions? No, great. Then we can move on. That's why mm-hmm. I say you know, a little bit of both in the sense that, yeah, trying to cover all angles. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that because you're you're both at the outset then saying, hey, all right, this this is what we want to cover. Confirm that we're covering everything. But then you're confirming along the way that we actually covered the things that they were expecting to cover and that we didn't miss anything while we're going right. through. If you're going to be also doing that i guess here's here's the interesting question i have which is which is one of the first things that i thought about probably why i never did it before um what would happen adam if if you ask that question let's say at the beginning 
mm-hmm. and someone says, actually, I want to know about, they name something. And either one, it's something, I suppose we can take each of these in turn. First, what happens when they say something that you don't do well at all or <laughs> or you know is something <laughs> that you'd rather not talk about? Where, what do you do with that one? I have a few other things that, that we can get into, but what's, what about that one first? That's a great, great, handsome question. Because there's a couple of ways that can go. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would say this. If that's a situation where I'm asked that question, I know it's a, it's a trap. It's either that's going to, one, trigger the, the old mind, brain, gray matter thing to turn around and say, hey, your competitor just planted a trap. So, cool. Be aware. Or there's a valid question and there's actually an associated use case that is part of the, eva- of the evaluation of the platform. Mm-hmm. So... I think the first, my initial response or my always, my standard go-to is, what's the use case that's powering that question? In that context, I can give you a better answer. And if I can't give you that answer today, I'll certainly come back with it uh, as a follow-up. That almost answers the second question then, because my other one was, what if it's something that you know you can't, you could probably talk about, but you're not prepared to do it that day? feels like it's the same thing where you may ask for the use case behind it, maybe ask for more information. but you're going to ultimately probably punt that one to a separate meeting. Yes. How does that come across when you've done that before? How does do, because I know a lot of people really are resistant to doing that. How has that come across when you've done that? Has the customer been okay with it? What's been the re- response? <laughs> that's, that's a gr- another great, funny, funny question. And the reason why I kind of chuckle about it and laugh about it is because it can put people back on their heels. I, I mean, there are one of the things that, um, I think it's important to address that not every conversation or outcome or answer can be positive in a situation. And a good SE is prepared for that. A good demo person is prepared. A good demo jockey is prepared for that. And what I particularly mean in this example is if, if that's like, well, okay, well, if I can't give you this use case or, you know, I need, really need to know this type of information today, I always come back and just kind of dig deeper and ask another, keep asking a question. But Unfortunately, I try to fall back on the old excuse of, well, we do have a tight agenda today. We're just going to have to parking lot that for right now. Let me get your contact information. And again, I'm just making another step of pushing it down the line, if that makes sense. I mean, it does, but it kind of then you want to make sure, though, and and, uh, as I'm thinking about this, you want to make sure that people don't think you were being insincere when you're asking the question. Because you do legitimately, like at least I hope you do, when you're asking the question, you do hopefully legitimately want to know if there's anything else to add to the agenda. So then if you come back saying, well, we can't add that in because we have a tight agenda, why do we ask the question, right? And so I think there's a, but I think there's a little bit of a dance you'd have, you may have to do there unless I'm, I'm thinking about it wrong. Well, I think establishing a parking lot ahead of time is important. And there's another theme about clarification with any meeting and setting an agenda and going on site or even having a phone demo. What I mean by that is, is the idea is we want to simply put clarify the initial agenda first so that as we're walking in, what we're prepared to deliver has already been agreed upon. That's mm-hmm. why I can say we have a tight agenda. But you're asking the question in, you know, out of, cur- out of cur- courtesy to your audience even above the benefits of getting discovery and setting up a further opportunity for another conversation uh, with a particular person who could be a stakeholder. Now, the reason why I say it could be a negative scenario, it could be a bad thing, is because that could put that person on their heels. 
Sometimes people are asking questions because they want to establish. And this is actually a kind of a psychology thing about meetings is some people want to establish a mental dominance in the room, that they're the most technical, they're the in charge. And that's just a reality of the situation that we have to be in. And we need to how to properly address those situations so that we can make it a successful meeting. Now, this is where you're saying that sometimes the person asking the question is trying to assert a little bit of technical dominance. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Technical dominance, but also financial dominance. They control the budget. Their job's on the line. They're going to be a little bit on the offense to a degree. I mean, mean, there's going to be a difference between a question or or not a question, but an additional addendum where someone says, actually, I want to hear about that versus someone who's literally just trying to throw curveballs at you. And I think we've all seen this when you've got that person who's Mm -hmm. just there to disrupt. Right. I think that's a whole separate topic where if you've identified that, then these questions and the response that you get, you're never going to get put down the right path. So right. I think if, if we kind of set set that aside, um, and we can probably do a whole session of handling those types of people. Yeah. If the response you're getting back, though, is something that you feel like is coming from a sense of this is honestly what I was expecting to see when I came into the room, especially if this person maybe wasn't involved with any of the prep work. Um, you need to know, as you said, you don't want to put them on their heels as a as a you know well-intended attendee because they're now saying, this is what I'm wanting to hear. And if you say, well, none of that's going to be what we're going to be getting to, and you haven't replaced it with things they do want, you have a chance to lose them before you even get started. So yeah. it's, it's something you have to make sure that if you're doing that, you confirm with them, I believe, to say, I want to cover that. Maybe I don't have enough to we don't have enough either enough time to cover that additional topic or we're just not prepared to cover that in a thorough enough way today but i want to do it justice so can i set up a follow-up i think that piece that says let me make sure and whether that's on a physical parking lot on a whiteboard or you know big giant post-it thing on a easel that you've got which are in some meeting rooms or even just taking a note in the chat of a zoom meeting to say hey parking lotted item enter then it lets them know that, hey, it is something I hear you, I hear that you care about, and we're not going to forget about it. That's, I feel like, how you can get someone off their heels back into leaning into the meeting. And, by the way, it's also a great opportunity at the end of that meeting to go get a new LinkedIn friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a good chance to reach out. I mean, yeah. honestly, what's what's better coming out of a demo as an SC than having someone who you said you were going to follow up with, separately maybe from the champion that the you know, the sales uh, manager is going and building. This is a technical person you might need to connect with about a topic, be able to send them a note. Hey, great meeting with you today. I know you had that question. What's your time look on like the next couple of days? I'd love to grab a half hour on your calendar. That's like, I mean, that, that makes you feel like you're, you're helping to move the deal forward as well other than just being in the demo. Yes. And that's a great opportunity. You'd establish a technical partnership with someone in the organization and another relationship outside of the sales person, if you will. Right. Helping you not be so single-threaded in an opportunity, which is always a benefit. Always a benefit. Yes. Cool. The, so that happened where, so we talked about what if you get something you that you know you can't cover. Um, what about when you get a question for someone to cover something that's just off the wall? <laughs> because we get those and, and you know like this is the type of person that they they came but they honestly feel like it's relevant but it's clear they don't fully understand what you do 
And where this one gets really complex is this tends to happen when, let's say it's the fourth meeting you've had with this company, and this is a newcomer. They yep. come into the room, and you've been told this person is critical, and they ask a question which just lets you know, I don't think they know why we're here. <laughs> they don't care. But they want to add something <laughs> to your agenda that's off topic. What's... I'm sure you've been there, Adam. What's 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 your go-to when you get those types of agenda addendums? Well, it, it depends on the ag- a, the agenda addendum, and what I mean by that, if it's something that I can incorporate into an existing use case, I'm absolutely going to. And that's even something if it's relevant, technical or not. If it's at any point in time, if I can find a way, like if it was some crazy report, say, like oh, we want to create this crazy report that you know is pretty difficult so or realistically may not be possible within the platform there's an opportunity to say well you know and in reference to you you say you're working your demo you're in a flow you're in a reporting one of the things that i recommend is to keep a notepad next to you so you can just take a quick jot down of this and pen and paper is always king Mm -hmm. um always i've got one right now while we're talking (laughs) because you never know if i have a thought i you just (laughs) always have pen and paper always have pen and paper and that's 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 your parking lot. So to to answer your question, Jack, you have to think outside the box of what your product can do. And a lot of products have export capabilities, and they can connect to things like Power BI. So if you know that you can connect to Power BI, or say for example, send your data there, or and I know that's a bit martechy, but I mean even if you look at supply chain or anything like that, you're still talking a baseline of, of building a report or a data or answering a question. Well, solutions like Power BI and Tableau and Looker answer a lot of questions. So there's always the reference of saying there's a potential to do that, or you have the capability, or we have the capability of setting this stage for you, which will inevitably answer your question. Like, for example, if you're talking about email marketing and they say they want to integrate with an MRM solution, like, Wait, why? Like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. What is that? There's no relevance there, and I, and I would probably get blown up in the comments. And say, Adam, I just suggest that. Well, <laughs> we get crazy questions. And, and that- I mean, yeah, I, but I worry that doing that, you may be going down a rabbit hole. That suddenly now it's going to sound like you're being really defensive, which I think is the problem when you get these questions that are way off the wall. If you start to answer them, you're going to sound like you're defensive. Instead of trying to figure out, you know, where where this is coming from. Because in the end of the day, like, the person in the room, unless if they're not critical to the success of what you're going, of what you need, you know, and, and their question can be a little bit dismissed, I want to say, because... Uh, I don't you know. agree with but let's, you. But let's say, let's say you can't dismiss <laughs> it. It's coming from somewhere where there's a need, right? At the end of the day... They're asking a question. They're asking for a capability that they think will address their need. But what they've shown you is, I have this need. They've just expressed it in a weird way. So getting almost the question that you were asking before, I feel like we could cut and paste that one here, which is, what's the use case for that piece that, you wanna, that you're you wanting to get at? What's the story behind it? Where's, where's it coming from? We hadn't heard this concern before. You can use lots of words to basically stop the demo. And start doing discovery again, which but, is never a bad time to redo discovery if you have to do a little bit more discovery, right? No, I agree. I agree, but I'm going to throw the big butt the, here. The big butt here is there is always the concept of the art of the possible. And that's not something that you 
want to dismiss, depending on the question, depending on the answer and the capability that you are potentially forecast, you know, showing or explaining whatever or demoing, I should say, you can there's always the answer in the art of the possible because if that's the idea of what you're showing or the demo you're showing, you know, like you have the possibility to do this. Good discovery can be, yes, I have these use cases of I want to personalize my web, web experience. Well, that's, that's an art of the possible demo to me. And, that's, and that gets along to the different types of demos. But I think, yes, you are. I agree with what you're saying, but I think the other option is, and depending on the question and the scenario, saying the art of the possible and knowing how to talk to that and still be logical and still parking lot and kind of do both. But I, I think that's a valid route too. Yeah. I think at the end of the day though, what you're saying is like, just like we said before, when someone's bringing up an agenda topic, you can't just straight up dismiss it. Right. Right. Is it sounds like, honestly, this is, this is what it sounds like the first time I heard this idea. Um, this is going to add a lot of time. He's getting a lot of time to my demos They're already tight. Anyways, I already can't fit anything else that I'm in, yeah. but Honestly, I felt the I felt the opposite because when I've confirmed my agenda and whether they added something in or not, at the end of the day, we all have agreement that what here is what we're going to talk about today. And I can move forward with confidence knowing that if I do these things, you've been happy with the time we've spent together, which I think is what this is getting at. You're making sure and helping to make sure that we're all on the same page with what we're going to talk about so that nobody's time is and ultimately wasted. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's pretty close to as much time as we're going to have for this episode today. But before we do, we want to hop into the demo zone. So, Adam, what do you have first today in the demo zone? All right. Welcome to the demo zone. So what I want to talk to you today about is having something in your pocket, what I like to call the stock demo. This can other names. This could be the trade show demo or a variation of it could be. But what the stock demo is, is the idea that you have a, of a, a procedure or a skeleton to your agenda or to your demo, to your flow. So think about this. It involves the idea of, okay, well, what are we selling? What, what actually does it do? What does it do well? And what are the three areas, let's say, that we want to highlight? And I say three particularly because a stock demo in, in what I typically build, what I've been using my career, has been very simple. It's a basic introduction to the interface. It's an explanation of our most capable use case, a second explanation, and a third explanation of that most capable use case. And then it's a closing conclusion. And that's something that can be manipulated and turned into a lot of different things, but it's always that same stock demo. And why that's important is because it gives you a foundation. It gives you a foundation in the sense that, okay, I'm in a different scenario where I now have uh, a trade show. Well, I'm going to chop up that stock demo and just take out certain pieces and use those in depending on the questions I'm getting answered. And then I can properly demo to anyone at any point in time in any bit. Or it's something that, well, in some cases, you just... You don't get discovery. You don't get a lot of discovery. And depending on how you do, you may need to just go in and kind of drop a bomb. That's where stock demos can kind of lie. And that can turn into different things. And we'll talk about in other tips like discoveries, discovery demos and such. But that is the big tip of the day. Always have your stock demo ready, prepared, and ready to go. You never know when you're going to need to use it, right? You never know when at a moment's notice you got to talk about what you got. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for that. Perfect. 
Thanks for that tip of the day. So that's that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, join us next Thursday. We're going to talk about more of Just Effing Demo. Again, check out demojockeys.com for more information on past episodes. And we'll see everybody next week. Take care. Take care. Take care.